This is Awaken Online, a virtual library of the Sunday morning messages at Awaken Church in McMinnville, Oregon. In this message, Stephanie Teen looks at Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and discusses what it means to be transformed by the renewing of one's mind. We're going to be talking about transformation this morning. And I couldn't help but share these two cute jokes I found. Monty didn't get them, but I'm not sure if that's a cultural thing or not, so we'll see, okay? A woman who lived next door to a preacher was puzzled by his personality change. At home, he was shy, quiet, and retiring. But in the church, he was a real fire orator, rousing the masses in the name of God. It was as if he were two different people. So one day she asked him about the dramatic transformation that came over him when he preached. Ah, he said, that's my alter ego. (laughs) Okay, you guys got it. That's good. All right. One more. An Amish boy and his father were visiting a mall. Doesn't that sound like sin for Amish people, doesn't this? I know, sorry. Careful, I hope I don't step on any toes. They were amazed by almost everything they saw, but especially by two shiny silver walls that would move apart and back together again. The boy asked his father, what is this? And the father responded, son, I have never seen anything like this in my life. I don't know what it is. While the boy and his father were watching wide-eyed, an old lady in a wheelchair rolled up, moved in right into the moving walls, and then pressed a button. The walls opened and the lady rolled in. Okay, the walls were closed, and the boy and his father watched small circles of lights with numbers above the walls light up. They continued to watch the circles light up in the reverse direction. The walls opened up again, and a beautiful 24-year-old woman stepped out. The father said to his son, go get your mother. (laughs) You got that one, too? Gary got it. Okay. (laughs) Ah, All right. Well, all scripture is God-breathed, so the rest of the message should be even better, right? Romans 12, 1 through 2 is our main text this morning. And it reads, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we're going to break this down and understand a little bit more with the original Greek. And I know I've made this disclaimer before, but I'm not Greek. Okay, I listened to the pronunciations online, and I'm going to do my best with those. Paul urges us, which also means begs or pleads with us. If you are begging and pleading somebody to listen, right, that must be a concept that's pretty important, right? You're not going to beg and plead somebody to ask them where the crackers are. Well, maybe if you're really hungry. In the previous chapter, he tries to explain the mercy of God for both the Jews and the Gentiles and how all things are from God and through God and for God. Anything good we have to offer the Lord came from his mercy for us. He gave it to us to give back to him to begin with, right? This includes our very lives. Each breath, each heartbeat, each new day is a mercy from the Lord. 
and Paul urges us to offer these bodies as a living sacrifice. He is urging us to surrender our lives in thanksgiving for all he has done for us. The lives that we have been given are to please God, not our selfish desires. This living sacrifice we offer is to be holy and pleasing to God. The Greek word for holy is hagios, which also means consecrated. How many of you were here January 1st when we talked about consecrating ourselves? Maybe, maybe we need to go back and listen to it again. Okay, January 1st. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we talked about how God no longer sits on the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant, right? Where is, our, where is his temple now? Yeah, in our hearts, right? Yeah, he has made our hearts his temple. In the Bible, the word consecration means the separation of oneself from things that are unclean, especially anything that would contaminate one's relationship with a perfect God. Consecration also carries the connotation of sanctification, holiness, or purity. So we're to consecrate, sanctify, purify our hearts before the Lord. Now, is that a one-and-done deal? No. Justification can be argued to be a one-and-done, but sanctification is an ongoing process, right, of removing impurities so that we more and more accurately reflect God. Now, this wasn't in my notes, but you might think you're a really good person, right? To got it pretty well together, and then something happens like you get married. <laughs> <laughs> and you find a whole nother layer in that onion, right? <laughs> a few more. Like, Where did that come from? Okay. Amy Carmichael, a missionary in India, took a group of children to a traditional goldsmith. In the middle of a charcoal fire was a curved roof tile. On the tile was a mixture of salt, tamarind fruit, and brick dust. Embedded in this mixture was gold. As the fire devoured the mixture, the gold became more pure. The goldsmith took the gold out with tongs, and if it were not pure enough, he replaced it in the fire with a new mixture. But each time the gold was replaced, the heat was increased. The group asked, how do you know when the gold is purified? And he replied, when I can see my face in it. I don't know about you, but it seems like a risky proposition to make human hearts a temple for the living God. They tend to get polluted and weighed down, but apparently he trusts his refining skills. Romans 12.1 says, Being a holy and pleasing sacrifice back to the Lord is our true and proper worship. The Greek word used here for true and proper is logikos. Okay, I'm not remembering. Something like that. Okay, if we have, I think we have a slide for that. If you look at the word, what does that, what does that look like? It's where, yeah, it looks like, our, it looks like where we get the word logical, right? which I think is why it says logikos, because I always want to say log, logical, because of our English pronunciation. And logos, that makes sense, logikos. Okay. So uh, you can see where we get the word logical. Living holy and pleasing lives before God is a reasonable, logical, and proper way for us to worship. He is looking at our willingness to surrender our heart, minds, and lives to his truth as worship that is logical in the face of the mercy that he has afforded to us. Worship is not just a part of a Sunday morning service, it's our entire lives. 
When we get on to Romans 12, 2, it starts with, do not be conformed or molded to the pattern of this world. The Israelites were commanded over and over to separate themselves from pagans, idol worshipers, and others who did not worship God. And he calls us to do the same. While we are in the world, we are not of the world. We have to separate ourselves from the evil influences of the world that draw our hearts and minds away from the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 6, Paul reminds his readers, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. When you think about a temple, what do you see? Ornate building, yeah. If you Google the the word temple, there are large, ornate, beautiful buildings, most of which have a tall tower that kind of comes up to a pinnacle in the sky. And inside the temple is where people come to meet with God. That's where the Holy of Holies is found. Our God chooses to live in our hearts and make that his temple, to make that his beautiful Eden dwelling. Our human hearts, which tend to become polluted, especially if we're not guarding them, can be made into this beautiful place by the Lord. When you think of a bride, what comes to mind? When a bride walks in the room, she doesn't look like everyone else, right? She's not only clean and coiffed and has painstakingly prepared herself for her husband, she is dressed in white, representing purity, and separated from everyone else. She doesn't sit in the same seats as the crowd. She walks past everyone else and takes the stand right next to her bridegroom and looks into his face. And we are the bride of Christ. He's just waiting for the word from the Father to come and get us. When he does come, would you be able to pick him out of the crowd? Will you know his voice and character so that if someone tries to impersonate him and take the bride as his own, if that were possible, would you be able to see through those deceptions? There's a second Thessalonians verse that has come up a few times this week, including at the worship team meeting on Thursday, and seems appropriate to include here. It's 2 Thessalonians 2, starting in verse 9, says, The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. They refused to love the truth and God gave them over to their lies, their wickedness and their condemnation. I wouldn't ever want that to be true of me or any one of us. He is a loving God, but he's also a holy God. Romans 12.2 continues by saying, Instead of being conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We can be transformed. That's the first exciting part. 
And the scripture tells us it's by renewing our minds. Well, what does that mean? How do we do that? First of all, we should clean out the stuff we know is not of God, right? Take care of that. Repent if needed. You might need to cut off technology, media, music. It's not renewing your mind. Ask the Lord to guard and direct your mind. We've already talked about the need to love truth. How do we know the truth? By studying it or listening to it with an openness to God changing the way we think about it. Getting away from the constant input and busyness to be silent and listen for Holy Spirit's guidance can also be renewing. Prayer renews our minds and reminds us God is who he says he is and we are who God says we are. We can also pray scripture to remind ourselves and God of his promises. Worship is renewing. I experienced that this morning. Thank you. And worship can take many forms. As a mental health therapist, with the help of Holy Spirit, I help identify the thoughts and lies that people have come to believe and notice the words that they use. When we identify a negative cognition or a lie that they have believed about themselves or their circumstances, I encourage them to follow 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, which reads, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have a divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You have to pay attention to your thoughts and fight any lies with truth and promises. Demolishing and taking captive are strong action words. That doesn't mean we you know, pretend they don't exist or give excuses for them. We take them captive and make them obedient. Some people say they don't have control over th- their thoughts, and although we may not be able to control everything that comes into our mind, we can take the thoughts captive as soon as they arrive then replace the negative or unholy thoughts with Holy Spirit thoughts and truth. When we take the time to renew our minds, Scripture tells us that we will be transformed. The Greek word for transformed is metamorpho, something along those lines. I beg Dennis could do that better. (laughs) We can see metamorphosis in this word, right? It means to be transformed, transfigured, or changed in form. And again, unlike a caterpillar who can go through metamorphosis once and become a beautiful butterfly, we are called to ongoing transformation. This same word is used in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. When we are transformed, Then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The Greek word for test and approve is dokamezo. In secular Greek, it was used to describe the scene in a marketplace where the authorities would examine coins to make sure they weren't counterfeit. Right? Does that remind you of the story of the refiner? They check the coin and make sure that's not a counterfeit. That same word in technical Greek was an expression found in an early manuscript which referred to the action of an examining board testing to approve those who had successfully passed the examinations to become a doctor of medicine. 
The benefit of this transformation is that we will be able to test and prove or discern what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is from the Lord's perspective. We will be able to identify what is true versus counterfeit. God's will is never going to be anything other than perfect, so that's not the problem, right? The problem comes from things like cultural perspectives, religious patterns, past experiences, trauma, and the lies that we've believed about ourselves, or possibly hardened hearts from not loving the truth, like 2 Thessalonians mentioned. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 17, says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, right? So not able to clearly test and approve and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. We are not to give ourselves to impurity, but allow the Holy Spirit to refine us, thereby giving us the ability to see clearly and therefore test and approve the Lord's will. When we don't undergo this transformation, if we resist or hold on to the impurities that we are used to, become rigid and unwilling to change, then we see in Ephesians that we are separated from the life of God. One example of being willing to change our thinking, including cultural and religious patterns, is found in Acts chapter 10, when Peter is on the roof praying and sees heaven open and a sheet with all the animals come down, right? Here's a voice say, get up, Peter, kill and eat. He's like, surely not. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. And the voice told him, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. That happened three times, right, before the sheet was taken back up to heaven. Because the Lord had transformed his thinking in this area, he was able to go to the home of a Gentile man named Cornelius, who had been told by an angel to seek Peter out. He went in, ate with them, and they became filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter's transformation not only affected his life with God, but the lives of those around him. Right? Transformation is contagious. If you're resisting transformation in a certain area, which we can all do, right? Maybe you need to think about the people around you who would be blessed by your metamorphosis. And in the traditional words of Dennis Nice, God bless you, you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Awaken Church, please visit our website, awakenmac.com. That's A W A K E N. M-A-C dot C-O-M.